0: That's a clown question, bro. I Mr. a Japanese! So I'm going to kick some dirt. He gets on base. Just a bit outside. I'm not the type of player that's going to be Johnny Hustle. If you don't want me to watch the ball, you can go get it out of the ocean. And welcome to the show to be named later, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I'm your host, Chris Gianta. Over to my right, my actual right, <laughs> is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, this is weird.
1: This this isn't what I was. I'm not. I I gotta get used to this again, being in the same room. Yeah. Uh, I'm doing good though. We had arguably the best game of the year last night. I have. I mean, it's a. It was a great game to be a stat nerd. So many nuggets. So many historic. You know, feats that we haven't seen before. We had a scoregami for the first time in our lifetime, Chris. Do you know what that is? Yes. Uh, Apparently, so a scoregami
0: for the audience is. A new a score that has never, be, never happened in baseball history. So now yeah. this is our 151st year, and we got a score
1: that we have never seen before. And this term was coined by John Boyce of Secret Base. Uh, he did an NFL Scorigami video in MLB. Uh, I believe it was Jeremy Frank, shout out at MLB Random Stats on Twitter, uh, presented the baseball Scorigami. And we had, a, we had a unique score. The last scoregamy we got was in 1999. Yeah. So neither of us were alive. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the Miami Marlins last night. I mean, what a night for their offense, huh? Historic. Yeah. Historic
0: night for their offense. Nine runs at SunTrust Park. Um, Truist Park. They are uh, yeah Sun yeah. Truist Park. Truist Park now. Yeah. And yeah, that they had never they had never had that many at Truist. At they, Truist they, Park. it
1: was tied. They so the Miami Marlins last night they went into SunTrust slash Truist Park a park that they have not done too particularly well in since it opened in 2017. And they went out there and they tied their personal record for most runs scored in that ballpark.
0: Yeah, it was it was great. I mean, you know, like the Marlins, when they kind of started coming out of the gates, we were like, ah, I don't, we don't know about this team. But right now they're in a playoff spot. They're making history. I mean, this type, this team might be for real.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you know what, the other time that they scored nine runs in that ballpark, it was in 2018, and it was actually a game where they had, I believe, a 9-4 lead in the in the bottom of the ninth, and they blew it. So, I mean, you have this gut-wrenching loss. Yeah. So, you know, at least, you know, this time, you know, you score nine runs, you're not going to have this, and the way it turned out, they didn't have this gut-wrenching you know, heartbreaking loss in the ninth inning.
0: Yeah, they had. Uh, I mean, they had a good pitcher going. One of my, how about that? It's Pablo Lopez going out there. Uh, <laughs> you had uh, Jordan, Jordan Yamamoto. Yamamoto. Yep, excellent last year. You have him going out of the pen. I mean, it's it's like. Uh, it's like a super bullpen coming out there for, yeah. the, uh, for the Miami
1: Marlins. It was just an incredible showing. I mean, nine runs. I mean, what more could you ask for? <laughs> what more? You gave all the runs. You gave all your pitchers. You know you know those pitchers are going to come out there and perform. You yeah. gave them all the runs you could possibly want. I against the, guess against the Atlanta Braves, really yeah. good team. Yeah. So good. In fact, they scored 29 runs last night. <laughs>
0: 29 runs for the Atlanta Braves. A National League record.
1: That's right. So they were the first National League team ever to score 29 runs in one game. They were the fourth team overall. The other teams to do it were the Texas Rangers, of course, the 30-3 to game, the Boston Red Sox, and the Chicago White Sox. Those are the other teams to ever score 29 runs in one game, at least, at least 29. The Braves are the first National League team to do it. Uh, also for the Marlins, uh, Jazz Chisholm, their top prospect. He had his first big league home run yeah. that game. Yeah. Was- I mean – And he hit a triple, too.
0: Yeah. I mean... uh, He was on cycle watch. A a fantastic offensive performance from a a
1: Marlin there. (laughs) From a Marlin.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So, I mean, the Braves, they actually... The Marlins actually hung a zero in the the first inning, and they got up to a 2-0 lead in the second inning. And amazingly enough, so the Braves scored 11 runs in the second inning. Almost all of them came with two outs. It was... the, The second run... Or the second out was a sack fly to tie the game. <laughs> so
0: it was two to two.
1: It was two to two with two outs, men on the corners, and they proceeded to score eleven runs in the inning and I, go up eleven to two.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, how about that? Was, exactly.
1: Yeah. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna run through yeah, the box score uh, because it was it was quite a scene. Uh, by the way, I, so I look back at all the you know all the other historic uh, blowout games in history. Uh, Obviously, I looked at the classic uh, Rangers Orioles 10 to 3 game, uh, 30 to 3 game on August 22nd, 2007. The Rangers only scored in four different innings that game, which is pretty crazy. There was, I believe, an 11 run inning, a nine run inning, a four run inning, and a six run inning, and then the rest were zeros. Uh, So I'm going to go through the Braves uh, inning by inning box score real quick, Um, just for note. This game was so ridiculous, man. They had twenty-three hits. The Marlins had two errors, so they didn't help themselves out. By the way, Bryce Wilson, Bryce Wilson, pitcher for the Braves, he got his first career save in this game. I
0: have, like. I have no idea how that was even possible. I think he he
1: pitched. He pitched four innings. If you pitch the last three innings of a game, no matter what the score is, it's a save.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Learn something new every day. Yep, I learned that in twenty seventeen. Uh, the Red Sox beat the Blue Jays like sixteen to. It was some blah loss, and I think it was – I forget who it was, but someone got to save that game because they pitched three innings. That's how I learned it. Um, anyway, so the Braves scored 11 runs in the second, two runs in the third, three runs in the fourth, six runs in the fifth, three runs in the sixth, four runs in the seventh, and then put up a zero in the eighth. Uh, I was hoping that they would catch the all-time record and score 31, but, hey, National League record's cool too.
0: Yeah, it was um, edge on your seat. Stuff, so yeah. I was, I was, um, personally, I didn't even tune in till uh, I, w- I wasn't tuning in that hard. I was, I didn't tune in until it was 25 to 9. Yeah, uh, I was just trying to catch catch a historic moment, like kind of like the th- last three outs of the no hitter. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was watching uh, Trevor Bowers was, was still on the mound, mm-hmm. I had that on, but I mean, it was except like when the Braves were up, it was. You, it was edge of your seat material
1: going on there. So Freddie Freeman had three hits, uh, on six RBI. He also he hit a home run, and the home run he hit was his one thousand five hundredth career hit. Yes, that's true. That is true. So that was very cool. Uh, so Mars, yeah. yeah Travis Darno hit a home run. He was t- he was two for seven.
0: Oh, not, not a great day.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think, his, I think his batting average went down. I think the Braves' weighted runs created plus. Oh, I have to, I have that number. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, not for that game individually, but for how much it went up over the course of one day. Uh, Dansby Swanson had five runs scored and only four at-bats. It's pretty cool. Uh, he only had one walk. He had wow. three hits, one walk, and I'm assuming he reached on an error. Uh, Austin Riley went two for four with two walks. Uh, Ozzie Albies went three for six with a with a he did not have a walk. Never mind. The Braves is a team, by the way, they had nine walks. That is a lot uh, for an, for an eight inning game yeah. on offense. Yeah. Um, and the two particular players of the game, Ronald Acuna Jr. went three for four. He had four. He had four at bats, <laughs> three walks, a home run, a three run double and he became the sixth player ever to have three walks, three hits, and five RBIs in one game. How about that? I, yeah. I,
0: gotta, I should bring up the uh, –
1: Yeah, oh, there's a, there's a whole – I have a lot of how about that All right. um, for this game in particular. Uh, so, yeah, Ronald Acuna, Jr., like I said, he became the sixth player ever to have three walks, three hits, and five RBIs in one game. So that was an incredible performance from him, and you know he had a like i mentioned he had a three run double to make it 25 to i think it was eight at that point yeah it was 25 to eight he also had a home run to make it 22 to eight um, <laughs> every time i mean he was he was on fire and he almost he let off the eighth inning and almost got one he flew out to the warning track on the first pitch that would have tied the record yeah he, he just did. missed it he did it
0: was um yeah, I remember, I remember seeing that swing, and he was like, oh, almost got it. Yeah,
1: uh, but the player of the game for the Braves, undoubtedly, of course, was Tommy Malone, their starting pitcher. I mean, this guy, three in the third innings, eight earned runs, two walks, and four strikeouts. So, I mean, he was able to keep him in the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just an incredible <laughs> performance from him, you know, to go out there and give your team a chance to win.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, we're looking at. I mean, there's another guy in the National League East who can't get his, who can't get his team to win games. Yeah. And, and it, for some reason, he's won the last two Cy Youngs and very yeah. well could win it again this year. And, like, you got Tommy Malone out there yeah. winning games for
1: his team, and no one's talking about it. No him. one's talking about it. Yeah. You, know, he, you know, you don't need to, go fi- you know, you need to go five innings to get the win, but you don't need to get the win to give your team a chance
0: to win. Yeah, that's what Tommy a, Malone goes out and does. It's a new game. Pitchers are not expected to go as long,
1: but as long as you win the game, I mean, you can't complain. No. Uh, The player of the game was Adam Duvall. Uh, This guy was absolutely incredible. Uh, He went three for four with nine RBIs. Nine RBIs ties the Braves franchise record for a single game. That's right. He tied one other dude who did it in the 60s. Uh, so I'm assuming it was, it's an Atlanta Braves record. Um, cause they would have been in Milwaukee at that point. I think it was, it was in 1960. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that is an Atlanta Braves record. He had three home runs, a two run home run, a three run home run and a grand slam. He came a solo home run away from the home run cycle that has never happened before. Uh, so that would have been awesome. Yeah. So I have a couple notes on him. So first of all, As I mentioned already, he tied the Braves franchise record for RBIs in one game with nine. But this one, or there's two more actually. So this was actually his second three-home run game of this week. He had one against the Red Sox last Wednesday. Uh, And he became the fifth player in Major League history to have two three-home run games in the team's first 50 games of a season. Did you see uh, – I tweeted the other people who did it. Did you catch that at all? Uh, who were they? Willie Stargell, Mark McGuire, Carlos Delgado, and Mookie Betts.
0: Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Pretty
1: good pretty good company all, there. All guys who were known for their offensive prowess. And, I, and only one of them as of now is a Hall of Famer. One of them – another one will be. Yeah. But McGuire is not and Delgado is not. And Adam Duvall just joined that list. Uh, but anyway, Adam Duvall. First of all, on top of the uh, on top of you know all the home runs, he also had two walks in the game, which is really impressive. And he became the first player in Major League history, dating all the way back to 1901, to have three home runs, nine RBIs, and two walks in a single game. that, Adam Duvall? Yeah, Adam Duvall. That's that's
0: that's incredible. Incredible to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, a, an absolutely historic day in Atlanta for both teams. Um, yeah, 29, 29
1: to 9. Yeah, 29 to 9. Uh, the Braves obviously played for their Pythagorean win loss. Uh, their, their standard <laughs> run scoring system uh, on baseball reference is now 1.1. Uh, I'm not sure exactly where it was yesterday, but it, I'm very well guessing it went up. Uh, so I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on this game? No, I
0: think I think uh, I think you broke it down to quite quite down to the bone.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is this is the Braves reminding everyone what they can do. I mean, and that, and I mean, you know, we joke about Tommy Malone, but like on any other night, he was terrible. Yeah, like, three and a third, eight earned runs. That you know, that's gonna lose you the game <laughs> ninety-five times out of a hundred. And the, the only times that he wins is when they score twenty-nine runs.
0: Yeah, in a lot of games
1: three-and-a-third,
0: eight-earned runs, like, a position player will eventually come in Yeah, for your team yep. because
1: you're down, like, 11. <laughs> <to that game. laughs> yeah. Um, and, I mean, you know, that wasn't even one of their guys. Like, I had, you know, like, you know, apart from that offense, they still have, you know, Max Freed, who's in the Cy Young conversation. Soroka is out in Fulton-Evich. You know, their pitching staff is somewhat dismantled, but they've been able to hold their own uh, for what it's worth, uh, my guy Ian Anderson has been shutting it down. Two forty ERA over his first three starts, so that's really good. Uh, and uh, I think Cole Hamels is, is yeah. He pitched a sim game yesterday. Yeah, I think he might be coming in the last in couple days. season. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever he's got left in the tank, you know, he can pull through for a good postseason run.
0: Yeah, you know, yeah, you definitely want a guy who's there, especially when. Um, you know, you lost Keiko last year who had postseason experience. Soroka gained postseason experience last year. And you don't have him this year. Um, and, yeah, I think, you know, Braves are very interesting. I mean, they've still been able to do everything they've, uh, everything they've been able to do, stay in first place, despite, you know, a lot of injuries. You know, Max Fried actually just went on the uh, IL as well. So, you know, if you're a Braves fan, you're definitely hoping for him to come back quickly. But yeah, you lost. You've lost Soroka for the year. You lost Acuna and Albies for a little bit. Um, you haven't had Hamels, and you haven't really had Fulton-Evich. And they're still at the top, and they're making history. And I mean, that's that's a fun team. And you know, even with injuries, it makes you it makes you think
1: that this is a team that's worth due paying for, attention due to, for
0: long term success as
1: yes. well. Uh, so now, do you want to get into the NL postseason picture? Yeah, I guess that's a good segue. Yeah. Because the Braves, we're going to be talking about them again real soon. Because guess what? They've had other really good nights outside of just last night. Yes. So, first, uh, so first of all, uh, last episode we
0: kind of broke down the American League playoff picture because um, we're somewhat in a lull. There hasn't been like, there haven't been that many changes standings wise in the past week or so. It's a lot of you know, fighting for, you know, like the eight seed and stuff. It's been some slight moving around, but not really much. So we're kind of just seeing where teams are at, um, where we think they're going to go in the postseason, because there's, I think there's some teams, there's definitely some teams who are at the top right now that might not go very far. And there's probably some teams that are fighting for eight seed that might be going uh, further, you know, like maybe the Yankees. Yes, uh, might be a threat, even as a, as a 7 or 8 seed coming out of the American League. So today we're doing the National League, and we're starting with the best team in baseball this year, the Los Angeles Dodgers.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is, this is a staple. Every year, it's like the Dodgers, they're on top. You know, they are, what do they doing right now, like 32 and 12? Yeah, they have a 727 <laughs> winning percentage. They are miles ahead of the Braves for the number two. Uh, or for the number one seed, should I say. And with this team, you got to start thinking, when, when is enough enough? Like, when are they finally going to do it? And this year, they have Mookie Betts to go along with Cody Bellinger, to go along with Justin Turner, who's a pending free agent, to go along uh, with Corey Seager, to go along with everyone else in that lineup who's been producing year in and year out. You know, and you you talk about, you know, the, the the elephant of the room, Clayton Kershaw, he's actually still doing really well, uh despite people talking about how his prime is over. So you know, I'm just getting into this team. Mookie Betts has been the best player on this team, unsurprisingly, a three oh seven average with a nine ninety four OPS, one sixty four OPS plus. He's also playing really good defense. He has fourteen home runs, thirty three yeah, RBIs. A solid M V P candidate. Yeah. I mean this I mean this is a guy you want on your team for his entire career.
0: Yeah, he uh yeah, definitely the Dodgers definitely made the right move in uh in locking him up. Yeah, cuz you know.
1: No, I mean, I how could you ever look at that guy and be like, "Nah, I think we should uh, not lock him up." Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, if you're, you know, maybe if you're a small market team like, I don't know, the Red Sox or something like that, like yeah. maybe uh, you kind of you squeeze a World Series out of him and then you let him go on his way, but even then you should really consider it.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh yeah, if you're a smaller market team, you go for your championship window. Yeah. And then
1: and then, you know, you have guys like Austin well, for Bryce getting outs in the fourth inning. First of all, you're, you're big
0: market for about a year, and then you yeah. decide, oh, not really anymore. No, now we're like, not big market, actually. It was like a 2003 Marlins move. Yeah. <laughs> they just,
1: so they just won, and then they kind of cleaned house. <laughs> and, you know, something about the Dodgers, a lot of their players haven't exactly gotten it going yet. Like, Cody Ballinger, he only has a 719 OPS. Like, he a below average – power hitter this year. Yeah. Uh, Max Muncy, he's been, you know, hitting for power, but he's kind of become a Joey Gallo in a sense where he only has a 205 average with a 775 OPS. Like, you know, I know how we talk about how we're sort of doing away with batting average, but I know Max Muncy can do better than 205.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. And if he's, if he can get up to even just 230, that's cool. Cause he's got a, yeah. a 351 on base percentage. That's above average in itself. So he is getting his walks. It's just, the quality of contact uh, coming off the ball, and I want to look at the um, I want to look at the pitching staff because even if they're losing guys, it's it's a it's a cycle of you know they had guys that were relieving last year who probably would start on ninety five percent of other teams like Julio Urias. Uh, you have him coming coming up and producing well. Walker Bueller has recovered from a bad start of the season. Dustin May has come up, you know, it's a, it's a younger pitching staff than I guess we're used to with the,
1: yeah, with the Dodgers. This, it almost seems like this is a new age, even though it's kind of not like the rotation, you know, obviously you have your Clayton Kershaw's, but Dustin May has put himself in there. Julio Arias seems like he's finally becoming a staple in that rotation. And also Tony Gonsolin, nobody is talking about him. 23 and two thirds innings pitched an 076 ERA with a 238 FIP. Yeah. Nobody is talking about that. And, yeah. I mean, Walker Bueller, you know, I've talked about his struggles early on, but he seemed to be getting it back, get again, getting it, going again before he had the blister problem. Clayton Kershaw has a 1.98 ERA uh, with a 3.28 FIP. His strikeout numbers are down to 9.7 per nine, uh, which is still only just barely above one strikeout an inning. I mean, where's Prime Kershaw at? Come on. Uh, the bullpen is still led by Kenley Jansen, unsurprisingly. Uh he is currently let me see 10 for 11 in safe situations uh but there's been a, there's been a couple guys in the dodgers bullpen that are not getting looks at all and it's caleb ferguson and jake mcgee both of these guys uh they have eras in the low threes but their strikeout numbers are through the roof caleb ferguson has pitched 17 and a third innings so far this year and he has 25 strikeouts that would be 13 strikeouts per nine his strikeouts per nine last year was ten point nine, so it's obviously gone up. Uh, and Jake McGee, this guy's kind of been, you know, going around. He was in the Rockies uh, Super Bowl pen from a few years ago, if you remember that one, Chris. That didn't that worked out extremely well. Uh, he's in his age thirty three season coming in from Colorado, and he has nearly doubled his strikeouts per nine. It was seven point six last year, and it's fourteen point four this year uh, in fifteen innings pitched, and only. Five and runs. Yeah,
0: Caleb Ferguson. By the way, a one hundredth percentile in ex-WOBA against and expected ERA. Wow. Against, I mean, wow. it's it's unreal. It
1: kind of came out of nowhere too. But he's young guy, 24, 24 years old. Also, Adam Caleric, an o six four ERA and in fourteen innings pitched. Victor Gonzalez, a one three eight ERA and in thirteen innings pitched. Uh, this kid, these this team has way better pitching than a lot of people realize. Mostly because a lot of those guys. Uh, aren't getting the looks or at least they haven't they haven't they don't have the experience yet because when you look at the Dodgers you think of the experienced guys you think of Clayton Kershaw you know you think of of Cody Bellinger even though he's still very young he's won an MVP Justin Turner he's been there since this championship run started that they still have yet to finish uh do you have anything else on the Dodgers I mean yeah it it is uh good that you bring that
0: up because yeah, people think Dodgers. They think of uh, over the past decade, pretty much, a um, just a, a, a tradition of regular season success for sure. And they think they probably think that it's a the team might be getting older, but it's not really the case. Uh, you just have a this team is still
1: going to compete in the long run.
0: Yeah, they're cycling through uh,
1: guys in a positive way. And they still got guys that I didn't even like. Like Edwin Rios has been very good this year for them. Uh, Keybert Ruiz. Like they still have guys in the minors that haven't even gotten a shot yet. That are still like Gavin Lux, Gavin another Lux, one. Yeah. yeah, like he still hasn't even gotten that much of a shot yet. Like this team's only getting better.
0: Yeah, it's it's quite quite unreal what they have going on in Los Angeles. It's it's what happens when you have a combination of great uh, great scouting, great farm system, and also uh, unbelievable financial flexibility and. You know, that's what gets
1: you seven division titles in a row. Yeah, it's just having to be able to, been able to finish. You can't really blame the front office either. Yeah. Like, you, at some point, you got to look at the players on the field who haven't been getting it getting it, getting it done, I can't speak. Um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm
0: sort of – kind of sort of rooting for the Dodgers this yeah. year. So.
1: Yeah, if there's a year, like, I will be – listen, if they do it, I will be so happy for Clayton Kershaw. Like, he deserves – Everything to just get wiped away because he is, yeah. without a doubt, and a if, top five pitcher of all time. If they I will go that far. If they win it, you want him to also be succeed. In yeah. you don't want him to be like just along for the ride. Like you want yeah. him to have the 2018 David Price postseason. Yeah, you don't want the Dodgers to win despite uh, Clayton Kershaw. The, like, they don't want a yeah. Game. You don't want them to have to overcome him. Yeah, but what they're gonna have to overcome is Dave Roberts. Uh, yeah, that's true. People forget. That, yeah. We we haven't even mentioned Joe Kelly this entire time, too. Like, that dude throws 100. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't even know doesn't, where it's going. He doesn't really
0: know where it's going. But, but he does it. Sometimes when he catches fire, just get him out at the right time. Exactly.
1: Yeah, we, we would know that. So let's – we should move on now. Yeah. Uh, we just talked about this team, but we should probably go in-depth uh, a little bit more with the Atlanta Braves uh, because – I mean, you know, we mentioned these guys just for what they did last night, but they've really been doing it, maybe not to that extent, but they've been doing it all season. Uh, Adam Duvall, he was so clutch for them last year in their limited time in the postseason. People forget about that. Uh, He he has a 951 OPS this year uh, in 41 games. He's been there the whole time. It's not like he's, you know, just catching fire uh, these last couple of games. And to be fair, uh, he does have a 1346 OPS over his last 12 games. I get that. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but you know, that's, you know, this isn't like a fluke couple of games. He's been very solid for them all season. They have a lot of guys with an OPS in the 900s. Uh, Travis Darno, he has a 912 OPS. Freddie Freeman, he has a 1047 OPS. Uh, Dan, I mean, this is a 900, but Dancy, Dan Swanson has an 855. I mean, how long have we been talking about Dansby Swanson's potential since uh, he was drafted? Since he was drafted. And then he was traded for Shelby Miller. Uh, yeah. Do you remember that trade?
0: I remember, it happened almost immediately after he was drafted. It was the offseason
1: after he was drafted. The Diamondbacks traded Dansby Swanson and Ender NCRT to the Braves for Shelby Miller. Yeah, and he got Quite optioned good. within. He got optioned within like two months.
0: Yeah, and then uh, you know, of course, Freddie Freeman. I didn't realize he had an OPS over a 1, thousand. Ten forty seven yeah. OPS for Freeman. Yep. So
1: yeah, Acuna yep.
0: through thirty games, ten eighty one OPS. Ozuna, 1,004 OPS. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, even even with some injury problems, yeah, 8, 836
1: team OPS. I think the one big question is if the rotation can get it done because we've said a lot. When did Max Fried go on the IL? Uh, he went on the IL like a Damn. day or two ago. Damn. Uh, I mean, they, like this team, you know, we've said that in the, in the first round in a three-game setting, like starting pitching is going to be everything so that definitely would be a Braves weakness. Uh, uh, but I do like their matchup right now if the season were to end today. We'll get into that later. Yeah, I, when I uh, was talking
0: about Max Freed for, for a how about that I mentioned his ERA versus the rest of the Braves starter ERA and it was, it was alarming for sure. And you know that's definitely a question mark. Um, Soroka's not coming back as we've, as we've stated um, Mike fulton probably not going to be there in the playoffs. He's got deeper problems um, with his arm and his velocity. Cole Hamels could be there, but it's probably going to be, you know, hopefully hopefully for the Braves, Freed is able to come back, but it's, it'll probably be Freed, Anderson, Hamels uh, for that first series and, and go with that throughout maybe a bullpen game once you get deeper into the playoffs. For your game fours, but um, it it might be an issue.
1: May I uh, talk about Ian Anderson? Yes. He has given up. So he has pitched how many innings so far this year? Fifteen. Fifteen innings pitched. He is allowed three extra base hits all year. And also average against of one sixty-four, Woba against of two forty eight, launch angle against two. Two launch at two at two degrees. Exit velocity of 87.3. His stat cast numbers are really good. His peripherals are really good. And, you know, this is not necessarily the norm for when someone comes up and starts their career. Normally you have some growing pains. I mean, you see Kyle Wright, you know, right above him on the baseball reference page with an 805 ERA. Uh, Ian Anderson has a 240. He has a FIP of 344, which is not bad at all. Uh, And, yeah, he has really been coming up and getting it done for Atlanta.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, it's def- it's huge for the Braves because they, they need it, absolutely. And you don't necessarily want to rely on a guy who's coming up, but it seems to be a smooth transition,
1: so yeah. he might
0: be able to make an impact in the
1: postseason. Uh, a couple other guys I wanted to mention, uh, AJ Minter. Uh, you might remember him from the viral video of when he was – do you remember the video from when he was at Texas A&M? And some some people called the Texas A and M bullpen from their house, like some complete randos, and got him warm. Uh, no, I didn't. Go, hold on. Look, look up that video. Look up. Go to YouTube and look up. I'll, I'll just do it. That was <laughs> that was such a great video when that came out. And I remember the first time I saw him pitching for the Braves, I was like, I was like, is that the same guy that was at A and M? And I I checked his baseball reference page, and he did in fact go to Texas A and M. So. Um, he's, you know, hey, ever since they got him warm, he's been doing really well. Uh, An 0.59 ERA this year and 15 and a third innings pitch with 16 strikeouts. ERA plus of 8.42. That's all right. Yeah. uh,
0: Hard hit percentage in the 96th percentile. So, you know, this is probably long-term success. Maybe not an ERA below one,
1: but definitely one of the top relievers on the Braves. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I am. I think that's all that I wanted to talk about. Oh, Shane Green, oh nine ERA as well. Oh, that's good to see. Yeah, didn't expect that. I was to say you were always very skeptical of him. Yes, in I, twenty innings pitched. Yeah, seven point two strikeouts per nine. All right. Uh, the next team we have is the Chicago Cubs. That were my sleeper team. Yeah, the Chicago Cubs um, have been kind of
0: doing it all year. They they started out really hot and. I think they've been kind of
1: treading water ever since then. Their run differential is very. I just noticed right now, their run differential is very questionable. Yeah, uh, in they, comparison to they, the rest of the league. They started ten and three, and now, it's, and I think they've gone five hundred since. Yeah, then. their their run differential is plus thirteen. The Cardinals have played way less games, and it's plus thirty. Yeah. So, and the Cubs, and usually that's a sign of maybe a good bullpen. But
0: the Cubs don't really have a great bullpen, so.
1: Uh, I still think they could they could absolutely win this division. Um, they sh- yeah, they should. They should be able to. Yeah. Yeah. Yu uh, Darvish, uh, who has been absolutely killing it for them. He pitched last night, got a loss, but he still has a one seven seven ERA with eleven point six strikeouts per nine, as well as one point eight walks per nine. You know what I highlighted with Yu Darvish when I talked about him in the preseason show was how in the second half he was really good with front prevention, strikeout numbers, as well as walk prevention. And he's been doing that exact same thing this year. Uh, Kyle Hendricks is still doing pretty well, 3-4-1 three, three, ERA. Uh, I mean, he's been Greg maddux it up this year, 6.8 strikeouts per nine. And was that less than a walk per nine? Yep. Yep, yep. 0.9. Yep. 0.9 walks per nine yep. for Kyle Hendricks. Um, yeah. Love him. I mean, Ian Happ, who is your guy to watch, has been far and away the best offensive player on this team. 1022 OPS, that would be a 170 OPS plus. Jason Hayward, he's hitting the ball. Would you look at that? Would you look at that? Yeah. He, Say it he ain't so.
0: A, he had a surge like this last year, but in a shorter season, it looks like it's going to be a very yeah. good season um, for him. Javi Baez, yeah, Javi
1: Baez, I highlighted uh, about a month or so ago now on slightly alarming. Uh, it doesn't look like he's gotten too much better. Uh, 609 OPS. I mean, I guess he is hitting a little more extra base hits because his slugging percentage is far from his batting average, but it's still 202 and 368, so not good. Jason Kipnis, how about him? 856 OPS, very respectable for, uh, for his, you know, time in the league. Um, yeah, the, it's a pretty deep lineup. Is Chris Bryant back for them yet? Yes. Yeah, he is
0: back currently. Yeah, but he hasn't been uh, great he's a, he's on the bottom. He is. Yeah, no,
1: 55 OPS plus, not not outstanding. No one no one outside of the starting lineup has been very good.
0: Yeah, the Cubs have been Cubs have been good. There's still some question marks about them, but I think that's a lot of teams. Um, Jeremy
1: Jeffress. Yeah. Very very good. Uh, strikeout numbers could be better, but a 106 ERA, 12 strikeouts in 17 innings pitched, 200 runs. I mean, that's a a good surprise. Surprise! Craig Kimbrell has not been doing what I hoped he would. He has a seven three six ERA with nine point eight walks per nine. Oh my God! Nine point eight walks per nine. That's that's a pretty good strikeouts per nine. Uh, But you don't want it for. to his credit, he does have seventeen point two strikeouts per nine as well. Uh, So yeah, he is like a he's like a two true outcomes pitcher yeah like no one's ever gonna hit him but he's either gonna walk the entire world or strike everyone out it's usually a mix of both which isn't good at all yeah he's like a um he's like the kid from little league yep you can't control, can't control like me baseball. me when i play little league
0: yeah except uh, i didn't have Je, strikeout
1: numbers Je, yeah it,
0: it looked like yeah it looked like everyone was everyone was afraid to face the the Craig Kimbrel type, who just <laughs> would walk people and strike people
1: out, it's it'd be terrifying. so boring. It's like just stand there, watch four balls go to the backstop, and then go to first, go station to station through walks all around the bases. Yeah, one thing, one thing I am
0: finding with uh, Jeremy Jeremy Jeffress, um, and not to say he won't sustain success, but his ERA is 106. His expected
1: ERA according to Statcast, 433. So yeah, the Cubs. There is we'll cause for if they if they end up winning the division, I think that's the most likely uh, upset in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah,
0: especially if they're a three seed
1: and yes. they're facing a second place team like.
0: Right now, they the would Phillies. be okay.
1: Ooh, that's a matchup. Uh, we'll get into that later. But the fourth place, the fourth seed in the NL right now. Do you have anything else on the Cubs? Not really. Just kind of a
0: like okay. they're treading water right now, but there's. Some question marks, but still a pretty good team.
1: We have America's team, everyone everyone's favorite. Slam Diego, the Padres, the Friars. This team, uh they are twenty eight and seventeen coming off a last place season last year. They have Fernando Tatis Junior who has been I mean, he needs no introduction. Manny Machado has gotten a lot better, Will Myers as well, Eric Hosner. This entire team is like a guys who've gotten better. Yeah. Like Hosmer, Machado, and Myers all had relatively disappointing seasons last year with higher expectations, and all three of them are crushing it this year. Eric Hosmer is on the disabled list, unfortunately. Uh, yeah, but they. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think you you said it first. So far this year, they've been the best infield in baseball. Yeah. I mean, everyone, everyone uh, at their. Sp- specific position has been top five at their specific position Mm -hmm. um, in baseball. You know, Cosmer's probably been a top five first baseman. Cronenworth, top uh, five second baseman. Tatis Jr., top Top five. Top one, shortstop. Top one player right now in the National League um, in terms of, you know, MVP. And Manny Machado has been a top five third baseman this year. Uh, Unbelievable. Yes, I mean, those guys have all been crushing
1: it. Trent Grisham as well. Uh, he came over in the Zach Davies, Luis Arias trade. Uh, he has an 828 OPS. He had a really, really hot start. He's kind of cooled down a little, but by all means, he's still doing very well. Uh, Austin Hedges. Grisham. Christian's uh, also a. I just realized he's still listed as a starting catcher, even though they have Austin Nola with a 979 OPS. Grisham is also a uh, defensive maestro. He's known more for his defense. So, yeah. if you're getting offensive contributions out yeah. of him, that's a complete player. And I mean, like Austin Nola, he's done his thing ever since he got there. Like a two eighty average with a six hundred slugging, a nine seventy nine OPS in seven games with Salam Diego. Yeah, he's been he's been there for them. And now, the pitching staff,
0: yeah, question marks.
1: There are question marks.
0: Yeah. So I mean, what do you do with Clev? Yeah, you have the recently acquired uh, Mike Clevenger. You came in. I I had them. Um, I had them in fourth place. I had them in third third, third place. Yeah, and um, that was because I I thought they need starting pitching, and I thought you know I I highlighted Zach Davies, but I didn't think he was going to solve all the problems. But Zach Davies has been very good. Good ERA and FIP. Two four ERA, three six FIP. So it's not all necessarily there. Um, the the stat cast data on him isn't isn't the greatest, but yeah. You know. But short he's still figuring it out. The Nelson Lamette though, you don't really have to look at his stat cast numbers because he's
1: striking everybody out. He is a one ninety five ERA plus. Yeah. <laughs> he is so good this year. He's and like two, two why isn't said, he like in the Cy Young conversation?
0: Um He should be. Yeah, I don't know. He's probably he's probably like second
1: tier, um, in the conversation.
0: Sixty-eight strikeouts
1: and fifty-two in a third innings pitch with only like two point six walks per nine and five point seven hits per nine. Like there is not a single thing this dude isn't elite at right now. Yeah, because he got. Because oh, he's two and one, that's why. Yeah, he's two true. and one. Zach Davies is seven and two. I Nelson Lamette is two and one. How does that? How does that happen? I mean, come on. Yeah, it, it's
0: like when uh. John Lackey was 10-13 and 13 in 2013. He had, he had a bad record, even though he was pretty good.
1: It's, I mean, it's Jacob DeGrom.
0: Yeah, it's, but it, it's not even like it's happening on a bad team this year. That's <laughs> true, yeah.
1: Yeah. Odd did that happen. Um, Drew Pomerantz out of the bullpen. He was also in the same trade with Zach Davies. I think it's safe to say. I mean, Arias has done pretty well for the Brewers. We'll get into them later, but – I said, right now, it's safe to say the Padres won that. Actually, no, that was not even in the trade. Never mind. They signed him, didn't they? Yeah, they signed him for Never a, a four year deal. Yeah. He went out and got his money. 000 ERA. <laughs> Zero ERA with a 154 FIP. 12.2 strikeouts per nine. I have no idea where that came from. Uh, that did not exist when he was in Boston at all except for like for a couple months in 2017, but not even the strikeout numbers were there. Well, well you know how good Boston is at developing their pitchers. <laughs> well, they didn't develop numbers. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, but
0: yeah. you maintaining and everything to everything do with pitchers outside of trading for them
1: and signing them. Yep. Uh, Trevor Rosenthal, they got from the Royals. He's been elite this entire year. Um, Matt Strom, a three ERA, but a 501 FIP. Uh, outside of that... I mean Chris Paddock has struggled. I think we need to see more from him. Uh and I can't really think of anything else for this team. What about you?
0: Um yeah, I mean the Padres, they've probably been honestly the most talked about because they've probably been the biggest surprise thus far. Yeah. Um in terms of their success because they have the second best record. And they're so marketable the because league. of because of uh because of Tatis. Yeah, Tatis. Tatis and crew is probably how the Padres uh, should be referenced. And yeah. they're going to be exciting in the postseason. If you're if you're the heads of Major League Baseball, you're hoping the
1: Padres kind of make a deep playoff push. So the, the number five seed, the team that would play the San Diego Padres should the season end today. I bet you didn't expect this team to be as much in the picture as they are. Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, I did. You did? I did. I had but did, did you see them five seed? Did you have him in the it's playoffs? Exactly, 5C. <laughs> po- okay, well then, Chris, forward this to Chris. I'll, I'll, let you, I'll let you take this one then. So you got the Philadelphia Phillies, although
0: I think, um, the, yeah, the biggest contributor has been the guy that you highlighted. So it's a team effort here. It is. On the show to be named later. Um, JT Real Muto is doing every, everything that you think he should be doing. In a contract year. 128 OPS plus. While being a, an awesome defensive catcher as well, uh, Reese Hoskins has recently, you yeah, know, mind the pun, recently really <laughs> turned it up. I'm going to get his uh, game logs. Yeah, he has a 949 OPS right now, but he's on a hot streak. I, I'm wondering what it was before he, he had six home runs
1: in nine games in a nine game span recently.
0: Yeah, so a nice surge for uh, Reese Hoskins. Um, looking at looking at trends here so in his last 21 games he's hitting 291 with an 1107 <laughs> ops and 21 games it's not that small of a sample i mean it's one third of the season this year and yeah i mean back to the um team
1: team page hold on real quick uh before the, his last 21 games his average and ops were 208 and 691 it is now 258 and 940 yeah, it's uh, it's been a crazy transition for. He's nearly doubled his slugging percentage.
0: Yeah, so it from
1: it went from two eighty three to five thirty.
0: Yeah, and the average, the average too, is is something something to look at because it's not like it's not like uh, things were just warning track. It's just he wasn't really putting it putting anything together. It wasn't just a power surge; it's an offensive surge totally. Uh, Didi Gregorius has kind of been a pleasant surprise, 803 OPS in 39 games. He's been there the whole year, consistent. Um, Andrew McCutcheon, he started started out of the gate struggling, but I think he's improved as of late, almost to 700 OPS now. Uh, Bryce Harper, I I was actually looking at Bryce Harper on Savant, and he's kind of run into some bad luck recently. He's had had some, like, diving plays against him and some, some weird stuff. So. I mean, he was one of the better offensive players in the National League, but he's kind of cooled off since then. And then to the pitching
1: staff, Zach Wheeler. Hold on, wait, before you get into Zach Wheeler, Phil Goslin has been such a mystery this year. Like, he has defied everything into a 9.10 OPS, which makes zero sense. Yeah, well, uh, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with the uh, Goslin story. He just was never that kind of – I mean, uh, coming into this season – uh and he started playing in 2013 and he had a 667 career ops and he is a 910 this year yeah like what so i guess i guess putting him in the right situation made some improvements also he never really i mean not that this is a full season but he never played more than 122 games uh in any season yeah and that was just one season. and outside of that season
0: he hadn't played more than 50 games yeah uh in a season and then you got the pitching staff. Uh, Zach Wheeler has been leading the charge. Probably, I guess Cy Young conversation, or at least second tier. You know, with like Denelson Lamette. I think his strikeout numbers prevent him from being there. Yeah, it's it's weird, but the the walks, walks yeah, the walks help because his fielding independent pitching is still very good. It's a 3-1, 310, uh, FIP, two four seven ERA. Everything's looking good there. I think the Statcast numbers are looking good there. Aaron Nola is looking more like his 2018 uh, Cy Young runner-up, runner-up. Uh, two, yeah, he finished third. Yeah, he was third. He was third in the Cy Young vote. Uh, two seven four ERA this year. Three three six fifth, twelve Twelve point two strikeouts per nine. Very, very pretty, pretty elite there. And then, as expected with The, the rotation drops
1: off after that. It's pretty. It's Wheeler, Nola, and then question. Marks. If you can, if you can, if they can take the first two games of a series with a Wheeler and Nola, they got a chance. Yeah. Uh, anything outside of that is, I mean, you don't want Zach Eflin, Jake Arrieta, and Spencer Howard has potential, but he's not ready yet, as it shows. Yeah. the
0: The Phillies uh, have not been able to get have not been able to really develop pitching to support Wheeler and Nola. And then their bullpen, um, I think statistically still might be the worst bullpen in yes. baseball. Yep. Um,
1: although they did acquire Brandon Workman, which helps them a little bit. Keith Henry has not been good. He yeah. has a five home runs in five and two-thirds innings pitched. Yeah, Henry has a 9.53 ERA. Yeah. With a 14.47 fifth.
0: 14.47 fifth. A whip of 2.2. 2. <laughs> oh, no. So it's like the Phillies – I don't know. I don't know if they're destined for playoff success. I figured they have a decent year. Joe Girardi was my uh, preseason manager of the year pick Mm -hmm. for this year because I thought, you know, a good turnaround would help. But in the postseason, I'm not really confident in this team.
1: Not yet. Unless
0: unless their offense
1: can score seven, eight runs a game. So the next team we have, this team would play their division rivals – the Chicago Cubs in the playoffs should the season end today, and that is the St. Louis COVID Cardinals. Yes, they Cardinals had, catching COVID at the casino. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice alliteration there. Uh, this team, is, I think, is still a question mark because they still have to make up so many games because of doubleheaders. Um, but I do think they can absolutely make the postseason. Uh, Brad Miller is the first person I want to talk about. He has been sort of the Phil Goslin of this team. Uh, but the difference is he has prior success. Uh, Brad Miller, a two eight two eighty two average with a 945 OPS this year, a 541 slugging. Uh, he has been probably, like, I guess not the best offensive contributor on this team, but he might be the second best one outside of Paul Goldschmidt, who is one of my how about that's, a 961 OPS, 162 OPS plus, also a 330 average, and that does not include the home run he hit today. Yeah. Yeah, Paul Goldschmidt
0: is kind of the, I mean, or what they acquired him to be was the heartbeat
1: of that offense, mm-hmm. and that's absolutely what he's been so far. Uh, outside of that, there haven't been too many outstanding performers on the offense. Harrison Bader has taken a step forward with an 8.35 OPS, so that's encouraging to see for sure. Uh, Paul DeYoung with an 8.17 OPS. Uh, outside of that, nothing really Matt Carpenter
0: seems to be falling off, which just I kind of predicted. Just, just career wise, he I kind of predicted that. He had a, a career worst, the, his worst year of his career last year, and it's it's getting worse. So that's that's unfortunate to see.
1: Um, so then the pitching staff. Adam Wainwright, uh, he's still got it in age thirty eight season. He has a two six eight ERA. Uh, he's kind of like I mean the peripherals don't suggest. He's doing that great, but he's sort of like the Dallas Keuchel uh, of the AL. Like his strikeout numbers are down, but he's he's the, the base runners and the WHIP, or the fit, or yeah, the WHIP are both very good. He has a WHIP under one. Uh, Dakota Hudson, the walks are still a problem, not as much of a problem, only 2.6 walks per nine this year, but I still want to see those get lowered a little bit. Uh, he does have a, He's continued just being like a guy who defies the peripherals. Um, he has a three nineteen ERA with a four five FIP, uh, which is very. Oh Dakota Hudson, yeah. yeah. So hey, I don't know. I guess I guess it works it, for. I him. guess yeah. Um, and then Jack Flaherty, obviously a two nine five ERA. Uh, he's been doing his, He's been doing his thing, uh, like he always does. Just under nine strikeouts per nine, uh, six point three walks per nine, or I'm sorry, hits per nine. But the bullpen, they have been very very good. Giovanni Gallegos, Chris's guy, a 1.59 ERA and 11 innings pitched. Uh, uh, Austin Gomber, an 0.64 ERA and 14 innings pitched, 11.9 Ks per nine. Or no, I'm sorry, 8.4 Ks per nine. Never mind. Uh, Genesis Cabrera. This is a guy that I've been looking at. The problem is the walks. Uh, big walk problem. Uh, but he has very good strikeout numbers. 2.70 ERA with a four with a near five FIP. Uh, John Gant and Tyler Webb as well uh, but yeah that's been the Cardinals bullpen that's kind of been a untold uh, strength of theirs this year and that's kind of what's been leading them a lot of the time. Yeah
0: you wouldn't expect uh, the, the Cardinals you know if you say to someone like uh, Jordan Hicks isn't there mm-hmm. and um, or Andrew Miller isn't going to be that much of a factor I see he's only thrown seven and a third inning so far. Yeah. Um, you'd expect the bullpen to kind of digress, but they have found some guys. Uh, I mean, like I'm looking at the ages of these guys.
1: They're all fairly young.
0: Yeah. Cabrera's 23. Um, he's, a uh, he's, he's ranked, he was ranked number 11 in the Cardinal system, which is very good for a reliever. Um, yeah. Expected batting average 94th percentile for him. Um, expected both was kind of weird, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but, uh, and yeah, Giovanni Gallegos, they got in the Luke Voigt trade. Um, He's 28. Seven walk ratio. Pretty good. Yeah, Gomber, 26. So, yeah, so they found some young guys and uh, creating a good bullpen because pitching
1: pitching is what's going to give them postseason success if they get that. That's right. So the next team, uh, no one really understands why this team is there, but they are. I don't know if it's going to continue or not. The San Francisco Giants – I'm glad Gabe Kapler is actually doing well because I really do think that he wasn't given not necessarily a fair shot in Philadelphia, but I don't think he just managed the right kind of team. Uh, not that the Giants are much different, but I think he is a lot better of a manager than what most people would think of. Um, this team has virtually nothing outside of like Mike Yastrzemski, but they've still done very well this year. Uh, Yaz, of course, uh, one of the few players with two wins above replacement so far this year and 978 OPS uh, 95 total bases already, and 31 RBIs for that team, give him credit. Uh, and then Brandon Belt was one of my how-about-that's, 1051 OPS, 184 OPS plus. And also, Austin Slater, uh, only 68 player appearances, but for what it's worth, 328 average with a 603 slugging and a 1030 OPS. Uh, so he's been doing very well. Wilmer Flores, too, an 858 OPS. Uh What do you got for the Giants?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just – I mean, that's kind of like this – I guess it's the surprise team, at least on, like, the fringes of the playoff Mm -hmm. team. I had – I did not have any faith in this team to do anything. Why should you? This year. And, yeah, you just got, like, just random guys who have been around the mill, like Wilmer Flores just producing uh, his 30-year-old – Donovan
1: Solano, third. Yeah, thirty-year-old Alex Dickerson has a nine one OPS. He had a three-home run game last week.
0: Yeah, he, Brandon Belt, who has been there. For he like, was on the
1: twenty fourteen team.
0: Yeah, he he's been in the Giants system for yeah over ten years.
1: Pitching staff. Yeah. There's nothing appealing here. Yeah, not even Johnny Cueto is doing that there's good. There's nothing. I mean, Kevin Gosman's walk or uh, strikeout percentage, very good. Twelve strikeouts per nine. Uh, About a 405 ERA with a 352 FIP. Oh, interesting. That's been good. But outside of that, I guess Trevor Cahill. Wait, Trevor Cahill is 10 strikeouts per nine? Huh? When When did that become a thing? He was never a strikeout guy, was he? No. No, 6.8 career strikeouts per 9 He's got 10.6 this year. I guess the Giants
0: just can make you a strikeout guy. Guess like,
1: so. Like, like Pomeranz. Yeah, I guess so. Uh,
0: the bullpen has been meh, not great. Uh, Sam Selman. Yeah, who knew, who knew the Giants would kind of be an offensive team?
1: Yeah. Uh, the one bullpen guy that sticks out to me right now is Sam Selman, who – oh, and Tony Watson, too. Uh, and Wow, okay, never mind. They do have a good bullpen. Uh, just the guys listed on front of baseball reference. Jarlin Garcia, 13 shutout innings this year. How about that? Tony Watson with an 064 ERA and 14 innings pitched, 11 strikeouts. Uh, and Sam Selman, uh, 180 ERA, uh, 284 FIP, 15 innings pitched, and 18 strikeouts. Uh, nothing to be concerned about at all right there. Uh, so I guess they have a sneaky good back end of the bullpen. And I just learned that right now. Yeah, it looks like they've kind of abandoned the guys they planned on. Yeah, having. they actually just DFA'd 100 pence. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm tra- trying to look at the bullpen ERA rankings because they must be uh, maybe in the middle there, which, you know, you wouldn't expect. Yeah. The San Francisco Giants are 19th in Major League Baseball and bullpen ERA. So respectable I guess Yeah. so now I guess uh, I I guess we can go to the Marlins yeah
1: Marlins yeah nine runs last night
0: making history
1: (laughs) yeah look at it look at that look at that right there (laughs) um wait okay wait without guessing do you want to just guess who the number one producer by Winspok replacement is on this team because I honestly have no idea oh I looked. Oh, you six looked, oh, six. oh, oh yeah, Sixto. He's been very good this year. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, he's come up, and his strikeout and walk numbers are both incredible. Uh, 12.5 strikeouts per to walk ratio. That's not even heard of. Uh, he's made three start, four starts, 25 innings pitch, 21 hits, five earned runs, only two walks and 25 strikeouts. Uh, that is really good. Yeah, That is really good. He's unbelievable. His stuff is definitely
0: unbelievable. I'm looking – I'm trying to see the rookie rankings because he might be coming up on – Yeah. Um, he could sneak up on Cronenworth. He could sneak up on Cronenworth. He might surpass May, uh, Dustin May. Mm-hmm. Um, he very well could. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Cron- Cronenworth has done well, so he, he might keep yeah. it. But, yeah, Sixto Sanchez – you know, at least for the future, definitely. I mean, he's a he's a guy you want to watch for sure. Absolutely, he, he's got stuff.
1: Pablo Lopez was my how about that? He's but he's digressed right hard in the last yeah. two starts. Um, well, also one guy, James Hoyt. Uh, he has a walk problem, but his strikeout numbers are insane. Ten and a third innings pitched, a one seven four ERA, uh, five point two walks per nine, but thirteen point one Ks per nine is really good. Uh, a three-five-seven fit, which even that is very respectable. Uh, Brad Boxberger as well didn't even realize he was still in the league, but he's got a one three, eight ERA in thirteen innings pitch. That's pretty good. Um, starting rotation doesn't look too appealing. I guess uh, Sandy Alcantara, which was my guy to watch. Not a very good fit, but a good ERA, a respectable ERA, I guess. Um, Trevor Rogers five innings or five red runs in in fifteen innings pitched, three ERA. Twelve point six strikeouts per nine, though that's good, but bad walks.
0: Yeah, the Marlins are
1: just—they're
0: they, not—they're definitely not supposed to be there. They're supposed to be there even less than the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, um, they're exactly five hundred. I mean, is Miguel, is Miguel Rojas healthy? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's
1: healthy. He's got a nine forty-four, nine ninety-four OPS. Yeah. Uh, Louis Britson, hes hitting two thirty-seven. Yep. Mendel's Pretty good. Line. Pretty good. He might be above replacement this year. I don't want to say anything crazy, but <sighs> No way. 0. Uh, 0.3. Yeah, no. Go, going by year, his average is 106, 199, 173, 237. Look at look at him. He was the number one piece they got in the Yellich trade.
0: <laughs> yeah. He, he wishes he was Joey Gallo. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's not even
1: like he has a good isolated power. No. Um, Brian Anderson has a close to 800 OPS. It's pretty good. Uh, Aguilar has an 823. Uh, Matthew Joyce has a 785 OPS. Good for him. Uh, outside of that, like, is there really anything too intriguing about the Marlins? Not really. I mean, uh, it's going to be weird if they actually end up in the postseason. Yeah, like, there's going to be so many, like, wait, who is this guy? Oh, that's the number two starter. His name is Pablo Lopez. Yeah. And Chris highlighted him on the show. Yeah. And then he got rocked. Well, it's good. Speaking I- of rocked. Yes. We got the Colorado Rockies as the next team. Uh, they were, they started out hot. And Charlie Blackman, we were talking about if he could hit 400, he will not. He is hitting 327 with an 870 OPS, which is pretty good. He just fell down. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Pillar, I think, will be a very good acquisition for them. Uh, he came from the Red Sox, of course. I'm Just looking at this lineup now, Daniel Murphy is very disappointing, 60 OPS plus. They only have two above average guys in their lineup here. It's Trevor Story and Charlie Blackman. And Nolan Arenado hasn't even really gotten it going that much yet, an 803 OPS.
0: Trevor Story sneaky fast over there with 13 yes. stolen bases. Yeah,
1: he's uh, kind of a five-tool player. Yeah, I mean, um,
0: we uh, when the top ten shortstop uh, thing happened last year on MLB Network, I think the Shredder had story at, at number one, and we were like, "Whoa, what what is this?" And we looked like, "Actually, yeah, there might be a case here that you know, well, maybe not this year, but definitely top three shortstop in in baseball yeah. right now." Yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: absolutely. I think he's number one. Yeah, you I think be- he's number one. Uh, the starting pitching staff has fallen apart, kind of. Uh, Kyle Freeland and, and uh, Herman Marquez and John Gray. I mean, John Gray fell down hard. He has a six six nine ERA now. Herman Marquez had a couple bad outings, but he has a better FIP than an ERA. Uh, Freeland is the opposite way. Their ERAs and FIPs are kind of like flipped around almost. Those two. Yeah. Um, Free, Freeland has probably
0: been the most consistent guy in that rotation.
1: Yeah, or even, yeah. And Antonio Sensatella has been very good. Uh, 3 6 nine ERA, but not a good fit uh, once again. But, yeah, I mean, this the pitching staff is always going to be a question by default with the Rockies because they're the Rockies. Uh, Daniel Bard, though, the ultimate comeback story, he's been very good, a 3-5 ERA, uh, 11.5 strikeouts per nine. A uh, 4.6 strikeout to walk ratio. Also, Yancy Almonte, uh, he's been very good, especially with walk prevention. Uh, less than a walk per nine in 21 and in th- in two-thirds innings pitch, 291 ERA. Uh, so he's been interesting to watch. Uh, that's about – I mean, my, I mean, my guy Jeff Hoffman has a 90 ERA with a 3-4-3 three, three, three fit. So he's just been getting unlucky out there, uh, of course. Kyle Freeland, another guy who has
0: kind of laid off his four-seamer. Last year, he threw his four-seamer 41.5% of the time. Now he only throws it 22.8% of the time, and it has resulted in a jump in ground balls. Um, his ground ball percentage has gone from 47.3% last year to 55.6% this year. So, wow. there's a there's a little thing on like Kyle Freeland. He's become more of a ground ball pitcher this year. It's worked out for him. So um, so even in Coors, you know, it's definitely beneficial in Coors to be a ground ball pitcher. So, I mean, I guess that's something to look out for. Yeah. I think I think he's definitely the, the one you can rely on the most in that
1: rotation right now. So they are outside looking into the postseason spot right now. The next team we got to go over is the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah. They are third in the NL Central. And the best player on this team – believe it or not, has been Corbin Burns. Yes. Over his last three starts, he has been destructive to any offense in his way. Uh, he was, I think, like 1.5 wins above replacement over his last, like, few starts. He – yeah. Um, right now he's
0: tied for fourth in pitcher F-War and tied for 11th in pitcher B-War.
1: A 1.99 ERA on the year. 2.03 FIP. 12.7 strikeouts per nine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he could. He's another guy that should be in the Cy Young conversation. The
0: only the only issue is he relieved
1: uh, three three games and he only has forty five
0: innings right now, so he's 10, 10 innings behind like the the normal pace.
1: Yeah. Um, Brandon Woodruff has been pretty good. Three nine one ERA with a three five nine FIP, ten point eight strikeouts per nine. Yeah. Uh, that's really the only thing notable from the starting rotation. Josh Hader is still doing that thing where he's Josh Hader. Uh, also, Freddie Peralta. This is a guy I want to talk about. He is some of the most absurd peripherals in the league. If you're looking at this right now, a 4.35 ERA with a 2.02 FIP. Uh, his his ERA is almost, is by far. Uh, it's half his or his FIP is half his ERA. 16 and a half strikeouts per nine is absurd. Um, yeah, he has 38 strikeouts in 20 and two thirds innings pitched, uh, which is kind of ridiculous. David Phillips as well. Uh, they got him from Philly, and he has a two two seven. Or no, I'm sorry. They traded him to Philly. Never mind. But when he was with the Brewers, he had a two seven seven ERA with thirteen point eight strikeouts per nine. You want to give some numbers on Freddie Peralta for Statcast?
0: Yeah, Freddie Peralta, like the four three five ERA. You can rely on Freddie Peralta because his expected WOA against is 89th percentile. Expected ERA is ninetieth percentile. Uh, expected batting average, 97th percentile. Uh, we'll see his actual ERA versus expected ERA. Yeah, actual ERA is 4.35, expected ERA is 2.77. It's almost two full runs of difference.
1: Okay, I'm going to do an impromptu how about that real quick. Devin Williams, one of their relievers, has been nails for them. 17 innings pitched, one earned run. That is a 0.53 ERA. That is also an ERA plus of 889, and he has 35 strikeouts in 17 innings pitched with only six walks. How about that? He is only 25 years old. Believe he's a rookie. Uh, He has a whip. He has a whip of 0.5. He's giving up half a base runner per inning. 2.1 hits per nine is also ridiculous. 3.2 walks per nine, which isn't bad at all. And 18 and a half strikeouts per nine. Devin Williams has been one of the best relievers in the whole league this year. Yeah, he might be on his way to a reliever of the
0: year yeah. title, although they kind of do that for closers, um, as we saw last year. But, yeah, uh, but I guess I guess the two closers that got – there were two closers that got snubbed last year, so that wasn't even the issue. But anyway, yeah, yeah Brewers, um, interesting, and their, their offense is interesting. Uh, what did yeah. the op- – Keston here is doing –
1: good this year, correct? Kesson here, no. Well, kind of. 783 OPS. He's doing all right. He could be doing better, though. Yellow's just gotten it going a little bit. He still has to get the average up, but he has an 808 OPS. Uh, outside of that, I mean, Jed Jerko has been very good for them. I will say that. 1051 OPS, tied for Barry Bond's career uh, with a 293 average. Uh, yeah, and that is uh, about it. Luis Arias has been pretty good. He kind of hit a wall, though. He, was, he, was, he has a 286 average, though. I'll give him credit for that. It's very good. I yeah. uh, just want to see more extra base hits out of him. Yep, exactly. So, uh, so we have two more teams two that I want to go over. Guy. One of them is the New York Metropolitans. Uh, I mean, this, this team, they just they just don't get it. You don't know, you know get what I'm saying there? Uh, it's the Brody Van Wagenen video. Oh, <laughs> so the video that leaked. They they just did, don't think He just doesn't get it. Rob wanted to do this. He just doesn't get it. And he was talking about his own boss. (laughs) Such a Mets move. Um, Anyway, the New York Mets, Robinson Cano, has had probably the best comeback tour uh, of the year so far. In his age 37 season, a 316 average with a 902 OPS, seven home runs, only 19 RBIs, and only 13 strikeouts, which is even more amazing. Uh, He does have a really good strikeout rate, which I did not expect from him. Uh, You also have... Michael Conforto, who I just highlighted on How About That with a 990 OPS. Uh, Pete Alonso has not been gotten it going. I mean, he's still been very good at 813 OPS, but from a guy who had 53 home runs last year, you'd hope for more. Uh, both of our, guy to watch, our guys to watch, J.D. Davis, uh, 784 OPS plus, which has been pretty good, uh, but OPS. I'd like to see more. Oh, seven, yeah, 784 OPS is what I meant. Uh, Jeff McNeil has gotten it going recently, though. Yeah, and also Dom Smith, who I put on. How about that? Yeah, Jeff McNeil hitting 315 with an 884 OPS. He had, I think he homered in three straight games too. Uh, Jacob Degrom, unsurprisingly, is probably the Cy Young favorite right now. A 1.69 ERA with 13 and 1.1 1. 1 strikeouts per nine, 2.1 walks per nine, uh, only 5.1 hits per nine. Uh, no surprises there. Then that he's kind of carrying the entire starting rotation. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's what happens.
0: You know, no Stroman, no Cindergaard, and uh, he's just kind of out a, on an island. And that's probably why, probably why they're what four games below 500 now. Yeah,
1: uh, Edwin Diaz makes no sense because he is he is less than half of his save opportunities been converted into saves, but he's still a really like the numbers show that he should be a good pitcher. One eight nine ERA with 18 and a half strikeouts per nine. Uh, and a flip of two, three, four, like it just—it just so puzzling that every time he gets into a game, he blows it.
0: Yeah, I, like you have to, you have to, you probably have to look into that because it, it's every, so strange. Every game, every game he blows must be a one-run game, and I don't know, maybe he has hold opportunities, like he's coming in the in the seventh or something. It makes no sense. I don't know.
1: Yeah, um, outside of that, uh, Seth Lugo has looked very good, uh, like he did last year. And so is Jason Shreve. Uh, good for him. 20 innings pitched, 2.25 ERA. Brad Brock, 1.5 ERA and 12 innings pitched. Uh, do you have anything else from the Mets? Um,
0: I, I mean, they've had some good comebacks, but the, the offense is pretty good. Can you scroll down and see, like, the team OPS and OPS Plus? Oh. Uh, uh, yes. Yeah,
1: and eight,
0: 123 team OPS Plus. That's really good. Like, with the Mets, especially, they're, not a, Field. they're not a historically uh, great offensive team. You know, you know them for their pitching. That's what got them to the World Series in 2015. You know, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Harvey, and uh, Mats. Yeah. And they've been that way pretty much since then. And then you have, like, if, like, the, the thing with the Mets was like, if they can get their offense clicking, they could be like the best team in the National League. Their sure. offense is
1: clicking now, but now the pitching is kind of left them. Yeah. Uh, so now we have one last team, Chris. This was your NL Central champions, so I will let you take it away.
0: No, I, I had them in. Uh, I had them in the fourth seed, behind. Oh, that's the, right. But you the had Park them. You Carpins. had them. You had them. I had them going very them. well.
1: So I'll let you take this one.
0: Yeah, the Cincinnati Reds. Um, I mean, there's, there's multiple issues it's a multi-layered uh thing first of all the op the uh the offense uh, the offense has been not the greatest something something that i was a little alarmed about i you know when 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 uh they signed castellanos and moustakis mm-hmm. i think a lot of people thought the offense would do a lot better than they thought it was so you know i in the preview I reminded people you know Votto's not really the same you know you you do have Suarez uh still but you know Scooter Jeanette is not there anymore and he wasn't he kind of faded off and into the distance um there there are just some a lot of disappointment you know from the catcher position although or well Tucker Barnhart you have him in for defense, but he has a 613 OPS. Kurt Casaleo. Kurt Casale, 926 OPS, so yeah. uh, interesting there. Joey Vado, 731 OPS for him. His OPS plus is 90. Uh, Mike Moustakis actually at the free agent signing, 752 OPS. Um, you know, Eugenio Suarez, he struggled out of the gate pretty bad. His OPS plus is also under 100. Uh, that's a guy you expected to do very well uh, This year he had a 930-something OPS last year. And you know, Castellanos, even Castellanos has kind of slowed down as of late. His OPS is 860 now. I think it was, you know, in the thousands or eleven hundreds a couple weeks ago. Jesse Winker had one of the (laughs) had one of the hottest runs we've seen as of late. Uh, and then, you know, their starting pitching their starting pitching is one of the best rotations in the National League. I mean Bauer is right in that Cy Young conversation with Darvish and DeGrom. Uh Castillo has been pretty good. A, a bad he's had some bad luck uh, yeah. to go with that. So you probably expect some more success with him. Uh Sonny Gray taking a bit of a step back but still a 319 ERA for the year. Tyler Molle has kind of been a good surprise. ERA under four for him. Um, Desclafane. Des, yeah desco. Uh, has not been great this year. Wade Miley's been injured. But, I mean, Bauer, Castillo, Gray, and Male have been very good. And That would be a great playoff
1: rotation if they can get there.
0: Yeah, it would be something to look for. But their their bullpen uh, was bad out of the gate. Uh, Michael Lorenzen was giving up a lot of home runs to, to start the year. I think it's gotten better since then. But a shaky bullpen along with a, a terribly underperforming offense – is you know, it's
1: gonna give you some some losses there. this team has so many so Bryce Iglesias is six for eight in blow in save opportunities, that's you know, two blown saves. Michael Lorenzen is two blown saves, he's over two. Lucas Sims, who I will talk about in a second, is over two. And Amir Garrett is over one. So this team has had so many different people like trying, you know, for close and none of them have been able to do it. Well it I think it's
0: it's because they're coming in in like the seventh inning. Yeah, yeah. But uh, still, like, it's a lot of it's a lot of blown saves. Yeah, but it, it, it's a group effort for how tough. This and when you go. when your offense isn't performing, there's going to be a lot of guys coming into two one, three to two games, very tight games. It's not like yeah. the Reds are putting up five six runs a game. Um, so you want that bullpen to be
1: tight, and unfortunately that, is, that has not been the case. It has been for Lucas Sims and Amir Garrett, though. They've yes. both been very good. Uh, Garrett is sub-2 ERA. Lu- Lucas Sims is just above 2. Uh, they both have at least 12 strikeouts per 9. Uh, Sims could get his walk numbers down, but still very good. Uh, and also Archie Bradley has pitched two, 2 and 2 and thirds shutout innings. Uh, I predicted a lot of big things for him. So that is it for our nl postseason picture um recap or at least or i guess yeah i guess that's what you call it um so now we are going to get into the next edition chris can you get the uh the video up you can you can take this away our
0: friday friday september 11th edition of so uh I I guess I should start, um,
1: or actually, I'll I'll have to get my notes up. You go ahead and start. All right, so I have one of each for this week. My how about that comes from a team that hasn't been doing so well, but this guy uh, isn't the reason for any of it. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa of the Texas Rangers. He went 4-for-4 last night, and he currently holds a 12-game hitting streak, and he's gotten a hit in 16 of his last 17 games. And now over those 17 games, he is slashing 413, 433, 540 for a 973 OPS. That 413 average, that leads the American League. He also has 26 hits and five strikeouts, and his strikeout percentage has gone down nearly 10% this year. So that is Isaiah Kiner-Falefa of the Texas Rangers. Uh, What date did you have there? It was over his last 12 games. I believe it was the 22nd of August. Yeah. That's pretty, uh,
0: pretty wild. So yeah. my, my how about that has already been mentioned in this episode uh, talking about Corbin Burns. Yeah. He's been, yeah, unbelievable. So, and he's been great the whole year as well. There are three men this year to have nine games with three plus innings pitched three earned runs or less and five plus strikeouts. Those Three men are Shane Bieber, Lance Lynn, and Corbin Burns. Uh, So he's been in kind of an elite class this year. Uh, In his last three starts, uh, he's pitched 19 innings, uh, allowed one run. That run was unearned. Uh, He's allowed seven hits in those 19 innings, three walks, and he struck out 28. Uh, He's been absolutely unleashing on the National League. This year, he has a 199 ERA and a 203 FIP. His ERA ranks fifth in the National League, and his FIP and hits per nine lead the National League. This is also coming into Thursday, by the way, and he is tied for 11th in B War and tied for fourth in F War. So uh, there is Corbin Bird. So now we go from the highs to the lows, highlighting a uh, perform an, an underperformer uh, of the of the past. In recent times, uh, we're we're going into slightly alarming statistics uh, for for
1: the for the midweek episode. All right, so my slightly alarming uh, is Austin Meadows. He has been really struggling over his last fifteen games. He is slashing one forty two thirty one. 175, 406. His, nine, his 195 Woba and his 19 weighted runs created plus are both third worst in all of baseball. Slightly alarming. And his negative 0.6 F war is the worst in the American league. Slightly alarming. Uh, the Rays, to their credit, they've, they're go- they've gone, I believe it was nine and six over these 15 games when Meadows was struggling. Uh, but we're going to need to see more from him if this team is going to make a deep playoff run.
0: Yeah. Austin, yeah, that's kind of the heartbeat of the Rays lineup, Yep. especially uh, definitely last year. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to see, but he'll, he should be able to come back. My slightly alarming is also another guy who was very good last year. Um, actually, an MVP finalist last year. I'm talking about Marcus Simeon. Uh, last he, just went, he just went down. Oh, he, he uh, just went down with an injury? Yeah. So I guess maybe that could explain it. But last year, out of 135 qualifiers, his OPS ranked 33rd. So 33rd out of 135, very good. Of 154 qualifiers this year, his OPS ranks 143rd. It's very, very bad uh, for Marcus Simeon this year. But – Could be
1: because of maybe a lingering injury. And his. Oh, he's back. Never mind. Okay. He had an MRI. He missed a week, but he's back now.
0: So his strikeout percentage has gone from 13.7% to 22.5%, almost a 10% change there uh, in in strikeout rate. His hard hit rate has gone from 38.1% to 30.4%. His expected batting average has gone from 275 to 208. And his expected uh, weighted on base average has gone from uh, 367 to 274. And his expected slugging has gone from 503 to 361. So it's not like he's running into much bad luck. He's just been uh, plain old bad uh, this year and uh, don't, really, don't really know why. Slightly alarming. So there's slightly alarming statistics. And now I guess we will preview the weekend in baseball to come.
1: Yeah. So I'm looking at a particular West Coast matchup this weekend between two current playoff teams, division rivals, Giants versus Padres. These teams are playing each other this weekend. Uh, Looks like their series starts tonight. Uh, Trevor Cahill is on the bump for San Fran going against Chris Paddock. This is in San Diego, by the way. Uh, on Friday, you have Johnny Cueto versus Garrett Richards. Saturday, you got Kevin Gosman versus Denelson Lemet. That'd be a good matchup. That's probably the best possible matchup you can have. And then on Sunday, you have Logan Webb versus Mike Clevenger. Uh, yeah, those are some
0: uh, – that's a good matchup. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a few good matchups, um, some honorable mentions. uh one honorable mention I will say is Indians Twins. I think we I think we've highlighted them every single yeah. time they've played so each other. So that's so I, I can't be a broken record there. I'm looking at uh, something I guess two teams that are kind of fighting for uh, eighth seeds. I guess I'm having I'm looking at Blue Jays Mets. Uh, Blue Jays just faced another New York team, but they're facing. They, yeah, they are a New York team. Yeah, they're a New York team. They're facing the Mets, they're facing Jacob deGrom on Friday, so that's probably a win. <laughs> and uh, then on Saturday, uh, they're facing, I guess, an opener in Seth Lugo, and the Blue Jays don't have a guy scheduled, but I guess they are known for their offense. So, you know, you don't really expect much with the pitching with this team. And no one is, no one is scheduled on Sunday for either team. But I think it's a good matchup. I think the Mets, um, you know, this is a team trying to survive, and the Blue Jays are kind of a more young and exciting team.
1: Yeah. Maybe happy to be there. All right, and that's going to do it for this show.
0: Yeah, our first in-person
1: show since March, March March 10th. I remember the last show we did, we were like, well, I guess we might be going home and staying there. (laughs) And then we did. Yeah, it got – it wasn't. It didn't feel that serious, though. No, because uh, it got. It was before everything started getting canceled. Yeah, like it was before March Madness got canceled. It was before, and the NBA locked out. It was before Major League Baseball suspended their season. It was before all that happened. Yeah, it was
0: like a twenty-four hour period where everything just got like.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, it just all happened at once.
0: Oh, we're just gonna have to like sit around for two months because of at this. least, yeah. So, yeah, that was unfortunate, but well, we hope you enjoyed. Uh, this edition of the show to be named later. If you uh, are listening on an Apple podcast or Spotify and want watch, to uh, watch us talk, watch us get these stats, there's an interesting dynamic today. Uh, go to our YouTube channel. It's called STB Now with Chris Gianta and Daniel Curran. If you want to follow me on Twitter, follow at Chris underscore Gianta. If you want to follow Daniel on Twitter or Instagram, follow him at, at Daniel underscore Curran. And if you want to follow the Instagram, our show Instagram page, follow at STBNL Podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our little midweek check in. And we look forward to seeing you on Sunday, Monday, Monday, uh, where we will be recapping the weekend in baseball that we have just previewed. See you then.